Today we're going to look at Luke, the Gospel, the 11th chapter. He was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. And do not bring us to the time of trial. And he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. And for a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, do not bother me, the door is already locked, and my children are we are just with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, at least because of his, his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds, and for everyone who knocks the door will be open. If there is anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish, or if the child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion, if you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who seek him? Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this word, for the Lord's prayer, for knowing the power of prayer. Let us be your people in all that we do. In Jesus' holy, sweet name we pray. Amen. Amen. It's been a beautiful week in many, many ways. God has blessed us as a people. I love it when my sheep are healthy and God heals the sheep. God has healed people this week in this congregation. His miracles have happened. Prayers have been made. Intercessory prayer. Now, intercessory prayer is when we pray for someone else. Those are the most powerful of prayers. <laughs> you would think prayers for self are the most powerful, but they're not. Once we pray for other people. I want to thank you, Myra, for your service to this church. I understand uh, you're going to be going on to college. Today may be one of the last times that you officially do the thing, but I know you'll come back and do it at some point. But thank you for your service. You're the answer to a lot of prayers for your family and for your church. So what we find out in the scripture is Jesus teaching us as followers how we are to talk with God. There is a proper way to have a conversation with God. So we're going to look at it, and there's a pattern. You see it there, but we'll get to the scripture Go to the first verse of that scripture. So Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. We'll continue. In the second verse, he said, he said to them, when you pray, say this. Now we're going to get into the details, and then we'll break it out to better understand what the scripture is saying to us. When you pray, say, Father, a holy is your name, your kingdom come. So our prayer needs to identify the person we're praying to. 
We're not praying to a God. We're not praying to a deity. We're praying to our Father. So prayer in its very basic form is an intimate conversation. It's a private conversation. Even though we may pray in public, and I pray all the time in public areas, prayer is about family relationship and family connection. So when we start our prayer, we must come to God as our Father and say, Father, which really translates Abba. It translates the most intimate way to speak to our Heavenly Father. So, Father, holy is your name, your kingdom come. We establish in the prayer that we understand God has his business to do. And his business is the kingdom. And we're part of the kingdom. We're part of something greater. We're not just living our lives and that's what it is. This is all part of something far greater. It's not just about us and our story. There's something big going on. Something wonderful happening, and that wonderful is the kingdom is taking place. The kingdom is happening, and nothing can stop it. Though we have people that don't think they need God anymore, and we have a society that's living a certain way apart from God, it will not stop God's kingdom from happening. Nothing on earth and heaven above or beneath the earth can stop this kingdom from unfolding. So when we pray, we need to recognize our God is about big things. But God knows the small things. Let's go to the next verse. Give us each day our daily bread. I don't know if you got the news, John, but they got big news come out today. I was so excited. Big news. Big, 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 big news. Krispy Kreme is making extra sugar on their donuts. I read it. And some donuts are going to have ice cream embedded inside of them. I want you to know, this big news. It's better than going to Mars in my book, putting extra sugar on Krispy Kreme. Some of you already getting hungry for this, aren't you? I know I am. I can't wait. See, see there's big news going on right now. And that big news is that God is building a kingdom, but in the midst of this big story, this big news, this is like going home and speaking to your dad and saying, Dad, what's going on? He says, I want you to know we're going to do this and we're going to do that. We're going to do this and we're going to do that. And it's all big stuff. And my dad always had big things he was planning and doing. And he was, had these ideas that were so big. And Mama would say, the biscuits are done. And I would say, amen, and I'd run away. Give us each day our daily bread. So now we're dealing with the little things. Now some would say that's not the little things, our daily bread. But God is not only about the big thing, God is about the little thing. And our prayer needs to include both. So we need to go to God with the big things, going, Lord, I need success in life, and I need this, and I need that, and this is the list. But Lord, tomorrow I need help. I'm about to go and see somebody or do something or have a test run or go and be in a situation. So God is the God of big things and the God of little things. Let's go to the next verse. But for us to get there, Jesus says we need to be forgiven. In other words, something is impeding our conversation. You ever been in a conversation with somebody you can't really talk to them because something is in between you and them? Perhaps an animosity, perhaps anger, perhaps bitterness, perhaps robbery. Let there be nothing between you and God. See, let God's forgiveness work in your life. Let that thing that's been holding you back 
from giving it all to God and saying, this is what I need, God, let it be loosened so you are forgiven. Because forgiveness is not about the sin. Forgiveness is about us. Forgiveness is not about the bad. Forgiveness is about the good. God is saying, okay, now we dealt with that. That's been dealt with. Let's just leave that. Don't be giving that anymore to me. Don't let that stop you. Don't let it be a way that hinders you. You come to me and you ask me. Don't let anything stop you from asking what you really need. And that's what forgiveness is about. Jesus is saying, forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us and do not bring us to the time of trial. In other words, Jesus is saying, when you pray, do so in love. Do so in the freedom of knowing what you say. Now we're going to step into the next part of this scripture in the next verse. Jesus goes to these examples. He loves doing these examples in the scripture. He says, and he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend. You go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. And we'll go to the next verse. For the friend of mine has arrived and I have nothing to set before him. In other words, he now is given a real-life example of how prayer works. Prayer is like going to God, and there's a barrier, not of our sin, but the barrier of heaven and earth. And we come to God, and then God is there, but we have to get God's attention. We have to say hello to God. We have to open a way because grace has afforded us that. And he uses this example, and we go there, but heaven is shut. There's a, there's a great old song from the 70s, knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door, you know. Mama, take these chains from me. I think the song starts out or something like that. Some of you aren't into rock and roll. I was, I was into rock and roll a little bit when I was in the 70s and 80s, even disco for a short era, but we won't go there. Disco was, oh my Lord. It was un unbelievably bad. Um, a lot of dancing and stuff like that, and it was weird, weird music. I don't, but I don't want to go there. I'm, I'm getting off track here. I'm losing, I'm losing track. My focus is starting to slip, so i got to come back. And a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. So in other words, we come to God with something we truly need. We say, Lord, this is what we need. And Jesus is saying, this friend is us, and we're going to God, and we're asking for something. Let's go to the next verse. And he answers from within, do not bother me. <laughs> um, can you imagine making suns spin around and galaxies form and big things happening and we come to God because we got an ingrown toenail? They do hurt, by the way. Oh, they hurt awful bad. My daddy said years ago he went to visit a lady and she had all these uh, issues and one of them was an ingrown toenail, and he wanted her to grab her foot. He, he wanted my dad to grab her foot and grab the toe and pray for it. And my dad said, I just can't do that. He said, I love you, but um, that's not going to happen. But sisters and brothers, our pain is real, is it not? And we have needs. And it's not that God is bothered, it's just we're not really praying for the big things or the little things we truly need to. And says, do not bother me. The door has already been locked and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. Now, it seems like the book is closed. The case is over and there's no way to get God's attention. 
But let's continue in the next verse. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. In other words, prayer demands persistence. I think people give up too easily in this life. I've seen it happen. I've seen people give up way before they need to. Don't give up on God. Don't give up on prayer. If you don't get the answer you think you need today, then you pray again tomorrow. And if you don't see it then, you pray the day after that. And you pray every day till God finally gives you what you think and what he thinks is really what you need. Because I don't think people realize what they truly need. Usually after the fact <laughs> that we finally realize what we need. Because before we can't see what's going to happen. It's like we're looking through a glass darkly and we can't recognize what needs to be. If we had foresight, my Lord, I would own a major stocks and Apple and IBM and all the rest. But I, I don't have a clue about these things. I have no crystal ball. I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. See, we need to be clear that God knows the future, and God knows what we need. And so the more we're in conversation with God, the more God will tell us what we truly need. And I can tell you sort of a rough general outline of what we really need. We need family. I know they're hateful at times, especially going to Disney World or going on a trip, and sometimes they want to take our stuff or do whatever, but, but family is family. We need family. We're family, and we need each other. We need family. Family is very important. We need faith. We need God. We need especially, like last Sunday said, we need Jesus. We need Christ in our life, and we need fellowship, which is fun, and being together. We need to be together because being alone is not the way to be. And here in his persistence... He will get what he truly needs, even though the door is closed and the master is inside heaven. God has sent an envoy called the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is as real as the air you breathe, and the Holy Spirit will give you the answer. Now, you may say, well, how do you know? If you ever feel your hair maybe tingle on your neck, or you feel the waves of the Holy Spirit happen. I, 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 I feel the waves here. It's like an ocean tide. It, it sweeps. I see it on your face. Sometimes your countenance is radiant and sometimes it's a shadow. I see things others do not see. I have bad eyes, I know. But uh, I see what God would have me see. God shows me things. And he shows me there's hope when people see hopelessness. There's peace when they see war. I see love when they see hate. I see the promise of good when others do not see that. 
Now, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I'm melancholy. Sometimes I, I become negative and I say, what peace is there? What hope is there when I see the troubles that avail on every side? And I get angry and righteous indignation and I want to somehow change it and grab a hold of the world and make it a better place. But I realize I have not the power or the way to do that. All I can do is offer the greatest power there is to offer. We have is the power of prayer. Prayer changes everything. My daddy's in Korea, a sergeant. It's a trained soldier. It's in a foxhole made of snow. And there's a soldier walking down the valley, and they're, they're in an ambush situation to catch the enemy. And the soldier's walking openly and my father's in hiding, and, and he lifts up the lid of the cover there with the snow, and the soldier's walking at him, and he's going, who is this guy? He's going to get us killed. He's going to reveal our location. And the man, he, the soldier walks up, and he walks right to the very edge of the foxhole, and my father's looking at him and going, who are you? You're crazy. You're going to get us killed. I'm going to kill you myself if you don't get out of here or get in this foxhole with me. Who do, in the world do you think you are? And my dad was a hard man. He was a strong man. Believe me, he was a man of a different era and a different age. And the soldier said this, only this, pray for me. My father said, are you crazy? We're in combat. The soldier said, pray for me. My father said, I'm not going to pray for you. Who do you think you are? And the soldier said, pray for me. And my dad said that at that moment, the soldier lifted up his head and he was staring at himself. And the soldier, he vanished. My father said he collapsed back in the foxhole. And he realized that God was calling him to ministry. So he left Korea, came back home, went to Lewisburg where I was born a few years later, and he became a Methodist preacher because of a battlefield conversion. We could psychoanalyze that, and believe me, some members of the family have. They said, Daddy was a little crazy. <laughs> but he would have been really crazy if he hadn't listened. See, prayer brought him to Christ. And believe me, prayer has brought me to Christ. Pray for me is what we truly need in our lives. We all need help. Jesus is saying in this because of his persistence. By the way, right before he went off to Korea, there was a little lady in that missionary Baptist church in Mali, North Carolina, that told him before he left, Calvin, I'm going to pray for you. And I think that prayer followed him to Korea and then led him to Duke Divinity School and then all the 40-plus years of ministry. So the scripture continues of this persistence in the ninth verse. So I say to you, and here it is, this is how we do it. Asked, and it will be given you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open for you. Now, you know I like mysteries. 
I'm the Scooby-Doo generation. I love mysteries, you know. We would have gotten away with it without for those meddling kids, you know. <laughs> Always the bad guy, you know. And old Scooby-Doo, Scooby-Doo, you know, that's, that's the sound he makes. I, I, I can do Scooby-Doo. And I love, you know, food like Shaggy does, you know. But he's a hippie, and I don't like hippies. I just don't like hippies, not one bit. But here's the pattern. You ask, and it will be given you. Now, you would think that we first go and we knock, or we first go and we believe. But the first step of this conversation with God is just asking something. It's saying, asked, and you will receive it. In other words, it starts out with the recognition that we need God. Because if you ask for it, it means you can't do it yourself. You've got to ask somebody else, I need your help. I need your help, Lord. I need you to help me. So we need to ask for what needs to be, what needs to truly be in our life. And we ask God and we say, Lord, you're the creator of the heavens and the earth. You're the great God. You've done all this. You're wonderful. You're magnificent. You're awesome. But Lord, help me. In other words, we need to ask and it says clearly it will be given you. Now the it part there is in question because what is the it? Because God's answer may not be our answer. Our answer may be a brand new car. And God's answer may be Uber. See, our answer and God's answer may not be the same. So we need to ask and it will be given. And then we seek it out. We have to seek out what we are led to believe in. And I've been searching. I've been searching my whole life. I've been searching for that moment when my peace surpasses all understanding and Jesus comes visibly into my sight. I've been searching for what it says in the Beatitudes or the pure in heart for they shall see God. Search for the answer. The answer is there. It's always been there in our life. The answer is there. You can climb the highest mountain. You can go to the deepest valley. But the answer you need in life is already there. God has planted it there. God has put it there. God is saying, can you not see it? I told you it's here. You asked for it. Here it is. And we walk right by it and go, where is it, Lord? We don't see it. And we choose because of our own blindness and our own sin and our own sorrow to not recognize it. What is wrong? with the world we live in I told you so, uh, just righteous just indignation anger almost to the point of why does the world who's been blessed in so many ways continue to hurt itself and continue to do evil things why do people do what they do and they steal and they kill because God has already given the answer he's given us the prince of peace who in the world do we think we are don't we know that God has already given us the answer? Jesus is saying, you asked for it, and I've given you the answer. You are seeking for it, and you will find it. And that moment you find it is a wonderful moment. It's the moment you recognize God is real. And God wants us not only to succeed, but to have life, and life eternal. God is making us ready for eternal love. Are you ready yet for eternal love? Sisters and brothers, it's going to take some more work on me. I'm not, I don't know if I'm ready yet for eternal love. <laughs> but God's working on me. 
God's working on you. He's making it possible we can live not only a day in love, but an eternity in love. Ask, and you will be given it. Search, and you will find. And here comes the part I love. You get to do something about it. You get to knock. Wow. I'm, I'm knocking on the railing here. Let's listen to that. Oh, you're going to stir up spirits, Jerome. Don't be doing that. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, if God had said hello, I'd, I'd have fallen out right on the floor. <laughs> hello? Who is that? It's me, Lord. What you doing at my door, boy? Who do you think you are knocking on my door? Lord, I, I just, I, I, I don't know, Lord. I just, I'm, I happen to, I don't know. He said, what's wrong with you, boy? Your, your brain isn't working? What's, what's the matter with you? What do you want in my door? Uh, well, uh, I want to come in, you know. <laughs> oh, the door has been shut, and you think you can come in. Yeah, 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 Lord. Why do you think you can come in? Who do you think you are? Well, there's, um, I know this man. His name is Jesus. He said I can come in. Oh, oh, you're a friend of my boy. Yeah, yes, sir. I'm not just a friend. I love your boy. He's my savior. Well, why didn't you say so? What, 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 what are you doing standing out there in the cold? Oh, come on in. Uh, there's, a, there's a whole place for you to eat. And there's a place for you to sleep. And there's a place for you to be. Uh, you belong in here. What you doing out there? But I, I got some business I got to finish before I come in. No, the Lord says. I open this door to you. And if you don't enter it, you made your choice. You're either hot or you're cold, but you're lukewarm and I'll spit you out. Okay, Lord, I'm coming on in. <laughs> well, come on in. You have been faithful in a few things and I'll make you faithful in many things. See, prayer is about entry into heaven. Ultimately, prayer is a conversation with God saying, Lord, this is what I need. Now, we have some serious prayers in this, in this congregation. We have individuals that are going through a very hard time right now. The weight is very heavy. There's moments of sorrow and even moments of despair. But I can tell you our dreams will happen. Our hopes will be realized. Peace will be found. I've been to the edge. And I've looked in and I do not see a tomb. I see something beyond. I see hope. I didn't have a battlefield conversion like my daddy did and experience and to call into ministry. But I was at a little church in Arapahoe years ago. Leonard, uh, just Leona and me, we'd been married only a year, and I was out in the real world working a little bit in public schools. And by the way, a school teacher is a hard job. It's really a hard job. 
Children are a mess. I just, uh, oh my Lord, I don't even want to get into it. But I, I fussed at one child because he didn't do something he was supposed to do. And the you know, principal was standing at the door and he didn't like what I did, but he said I was okay. And I realized maybe I didn't need to be a school teacher because I don't know, I'd have gotten really upset. Then the Lord got a hold of me in that church in Arapahoe in a pulpit of all places. My daddy had asked me to preach. He said, Jerome, I want you to preach. And I, I said, I don't know. And he said, I want you to come and say a few words. You, you can do it. And, and then I talked to mom, and she said, you can do it. And Leona said, yes, you can do it. And, and, and so I went, and I had a nice sermon laid out. It was going to follow the same way he had been, because I'd been watching him for years, and I knew what to do. Because <laughs> the preaching gig is, I mean, anybody can figure that out. You just hit a few points. You say a few funny stories and make people laugh a little bit. And then you shake their hands and they'll say how wonderful it is. And you go home and eat chicken. Everybody knows that. So I got up in the pulpit that day at Arapahoe. And I noticed when I got in the pulpit, it felt, it felt larger than it should have. It felt uh, like it was holding me back. And, and I, I looked at the pulpit and I started to preach and then something happened to me. The Holy Spirit grabbed hold of me and said, boy, you're not going to say what you want to say. You're going to say what I want you to say. For you will be my voice, my spokesperson. You will be my truth to a world. And I started preaching like I've never preached before. I didn't know it was possible and when I finished, everybody in the entire congregation was crying like a baby. And I was weeping, and they were weeping. And all the church came forward to the altar. And I knew God had me. I knew He had me. And when we left the church that day, I told Leona, I said, get ready, pack your bags, we're gone. I was called in a pulpit of all places to be a preacher. What does that mean? It means I ask God for the answer in life. I searched for it, and then the door was opened, and God answered the prayer. I live and I die for the gospel. It's what I believe in and know is true. Jesus Christ is able to do all things. And for 33 years, I've shared this truth with people. I've seen people in some very hard places. I've seen them at moments of great loss and suffering. There is hope. There is peace. This family with the young daughters, God is forging them to make Christ real for so many and their loss will not be in vain for many will come to Jesus because these two beautiful girls are now with him that's what prayer is about prayer is that conversation with your father who says I know but here's what we're going to do about it First, we're going to make your heart able to love. Then we're going to make your head not so hard. 
Then we're going to give your hands the strength to do what they need to do. Prayer is able to open up the mightiest of opportunities in life. Let us pray. Dear Lord, open up our hearts that we may see the possibilities you have made in our life. And Lord, if it be a battlefield or a pulpit, no matter where we are, we are called to something greater. That something greater is really about someone who is greater, and that is Jesus. And the only way we enter through that door is by Jesus. Jesus, help us today through the power of the Holy Spirit. Give us what we pray for in every way. Lord, let us know that the world we live in does not see or hear this truth, but we know it. Give us what we need to be the people you call us to be. And Lord, when the storms come, and they will, let us know that the day is coming where there will be no more storms, but life eternal and light eternal. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Our final hymn is hymn number, I think, 384, Sweet Hour of Prayer. I was very wrong on that. Said, oh, I, I had the first one. i tell you the truth. Uh, I'm going to pray for more memory capacity. But it is Sweet Hour of Prayer, correct? I'm right. There we go. Amen. Let's sing.